0: What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony, Lori, and Mike, and we are discussing episode two of the Disney Plus series, Moon Knight. And I think um, this is going to be one of those series that gets better as we go along, because this episode was so funny and so much fun. Um, you know, we, we were going to record this episode... A few weeks ago and um, I couldn't do it. I had to back out for some reason. I can't remember. And then Mike couldn't be on it. And I was like, oh no, we have to talk about this with Mike because you can't do the uh, Muhammad Ali quote and not have Mike on here. Cause I know you have something clever to add to that. That line was so funny. I was yeah. not expecting it. And then when he bust out with it and went with the my name is Steven with the V. I was like, you know what? <laughs> like, this sounds like one of Mike's jokes. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. All, all I mean, the way. He,
2: he was all, I mean, but first of all, when he when he transformed into the suit, it's like, that was the funniest thing because, it's like, of course he's not going to transform into Moon Knight with the cape and the mask and stuff. See? He's going to transfer into somebody with a suit because he's never seen Moon Knight in all his glory. He's never mm-hmm. seen him, so he's like, suit suit okay i mean i would just you know he's in an all-white suit with a mask on and that motherfucker
0: that suit was so sharp
1: that was clean. was clean that was clean all the way around
2: i know i mentioned it in the first episode but i have that as my home screen because like mm-hmm. as, as i saw when the, when the when the posters first came out i was like that's some sharp shit right there man and then well when he, somebody when he, gave
1: me the link for the Funkos. Was it or the action? Mike? Was that you or that Hanako? That might have been me.
2: Probably Hanako. Because yeah, Mike, Mike, if
1: you do want it, it is available through Entertainment Earth, which is, you know, you never order because they never actually fulfill their orders, but it's they're coming out next uh Spring in 2023, the both versions, the suit version and the regular Moon Knight. Why so? Long? That's a year from why now. Why though? It's yeah, why? It's, a, it's okay when you. Okay, I do this. I don't know. Maybe Anthony does some too. But when you get an action figure or a statue or a bus you can order through uh, Style Online, uh, Entertainment Earth, or any or Think Geek or any of those online places, and they have this thing called pre-orders. And in the spring, because I've sent you guys several, in the spring, they gather interest and they send out these feelers, a lot of Star Wars stuff, Star Trek, whatever. And they're like, okay, we have 1300 but we need to get a pre-order of at least 1200 to make the figure, like the Tonka sisters that they keep doing for Star Wars, but they never do. And so they get a quota. Then they put in an order to the toy factory. And then that's why it takes them a year because they have to make the mold, cast it, package, design it, deliver it. And Entertainment Earth is notorious because they have everything. I once ordered a Bat-Lift nine years ago. I'm still waiting on the Bat-Lift. That's how bad they are. Okay. So basically the pre-orders take a year to fulfill and then they're supposed to ship them out and then they charge you the week that it ships out. So if you have a lot of pre-orders, like some of my friends do, you need to watch your bank account because you might get $5,500. <laughs> right. Nah. No. So that's why it takes so long. I'm sorry, Mike, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
2: No, you're fine. It's like, and plus, like, when he was doing it, he was rolling up his sleeve. It's like, in like the stills that they were giving, they had one where Mr. Knight, that's what Steven's Moon Knight persona is. Like, he's rolling his sleeve up like this, where he looks like he's doing the vibe thing. Like, mm-hmm. almost, where he's mm-hmm. like, but, but it was actually in this scene where he's just like, oh, you're going to get it now, Mike. You're going to get it now, Mike. It was it was more silly than him being like, yo, baby, what's up? You know, she, she wasn't doing all that. He was just like, you know,
0: like a butterfly, steam, like a bee, because I'm Stephen with the V. I
2: I think then, that's one of my called.
0: favorite things about him is that even with the suit, he's not serious. Like, he's still Stephen. He's like, oh, yeah. you would think that you're in the midst of all of this chaos and someone is chasing you and your other persona's wife is there trying to help you. And when she tells him to summon the suit and he, he's like, how, how do I do that? Like, what do I do? And then the way that he does it and it comes through, I mean, all of this is classic Steven. Like I thought, especially from the way the promos were, you know, when you look at the promo poster of him in the suit with the mask, he looks hard. Like he looks like he's going to whoop some ass. And then you get the reality of it and it was just like okay, this is not good, but it's still funny and I still like right. it because it, Even, it, it it's a good way to show distinctively that Stephen and Mark are two totally totally different people.
2: Yeah. Even when he hit the pipe and did the flip and when he landed and did the perfect three-point superhero landing, but then he couldn't hold it and he fell to the side. He fell to the side. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, oh, that's cool. And then he falls like, oh, yeah, that's Steven. Okay.
0: Did Did I send you guys the meme where it's like uh, is it, Deadpool saying, oh, he's going to come in for a perfect superhero landing and then he falls and Deadpool is like, nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> I love this character. Okay, let's get into the episode. So, of course, we pick up where we were at the end of the last episode. All this stuff happened at the museum. There was the fight. The bathroom has been destroyed. So Steven starts out going to the museum and he's looking at his, you know, the security guard uh, who who keeps calling him Scotty for some reason. Again, I was like, is that one of his his personas? But it's not that dude just doesn't give a fuck enough to like call him by his real name, which is really aggravating. But when Stephen tries to tell him, okay, hey, so the police are here, you know, you can see, you know, kind of what's going on. They're doing an investigation. And he tells the guy, he's like, okay, I need to show you something. It's going to blow your mind. And when he pulls up the footage from the fight, you know, the night before, I was just like, even before the footage came up, I was like, Stephen, 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 this is not going to turn out the way that you want it to. They're not going to see what you think you saw. And even on even on the video, yes, it's clear that he's looking at something, but it looks so much different watching it from like an outsider's point of view than it does from when we saw it. Because when we saw it, of course, it's clear, you know, he's running from the jackal, he's fighting, he's throwing his bag. But then when you look at it on the security camera, it's kind of like, dude, what are you doing?
3: Yeah, because they, you realize, like, the Jackals didn't really hit anything. Like, the Jackals is going after him. And it yeah. just makes him look like a nutcase.
2: It's basically like like a, like a Marvel version of Mr. Snuffleupagus. He's like, he's right there. And then he's not right there. So it's like, and nobody believes that he was there. So he's like, he's basically Big Bird trying to tell people that Mr. Snuffleupagus is chasing him. And he's like, what are you on about? There's nobody chasing you. And it's
3: like, wait, point of order, Mister Snuffleupagus is real. You know okay. what?
0: I'm so, just so, again, so was
2: the jackal. The jackal was real too, but nobody saw him.
0: See, I would be the one to be like, yeah, I think that jackal was all in his mind. Snuffy, however, is real, and it's funny because <laughs> this is the second conversation where Mister Snuffleupagus has come up for me in the last week. So the fact that you just randomly brought that up, Anthony, it's just like weird. Mike brought it in. I'll I'll claim it. That's fine. It
3: was me.
2: me. <laughs>
1: I have no opinion because I don't have any real imaginary friends. That's a shame. Then you destroy to all
3: the time. It. Yeah. I mean what? Um, then he, he destroys the bathroom. That's that's not the Mr. Snefilovka thing. Because <laughs> JB is like, you destroyed the loo
0: that was you that poor thing because when when he starts saying no you gotta look you gotta i was like steven stop 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 and it's like this was one of those episodes where i was constantly talking to the tv like dude no just walk away just go no just it was one of those where you kind of like okay steven obviously i understand this is still all new to you but i think you're aware enough to notice um yeah something's not right I need to let this go. I need to not say anything to anybody because what happens when you do that kind of stuff? Somebody's coming after you. Somebody's trying to kill you or whatever. And we don't really know at this point what the deal is with him. We just know that whenever he needs to get violent, he blacks out, he wakes up and there's like bodies dropped and blood on his hands and all this other stuff. You know, I was thinking about, I was like, okay, When you look at his hair and his clothes and the fact that he's always like waking up in blood, he reminds me of Huey from The Boys because Huey is always covered in blood. I
2: can see that. And so
0: is Stephen at this point. I can see that too. And and the sad thing is, Stephen is uh, he's not aware of why he's covered in blood. But that poor thing. Anyway, um, So yeah, so he has the the meeting at the museum once they realize, okay, once they look at the tape and they see it was him, he has to go talk to the boss, which I am so glad was not that other chick. Oh my God, I'm so glad it wasn't Donna because I think with Donna, he would have been like definitely not only out of a job, but he would have been very, very humiliated as well. She seems like the type who would not only fire him, but she would belittle him and then walk him out in front of everybody. You know, the whole put your things in a box and walk you out with security. She seems like that type.
2: Uh, she, she would have got him hemmed up. She would have called the cops and had 12 cops escort him like out, like handcuffed and just like pushing him and shoving him and like mm-hmm. totally making a scene out of it. She would totally get him arrested.
0: Yeah. So That's at sad. least he he was able to speak with someone who realizes that he was going through some kind of mental break. But still, the fact that he basically lost his job, you know, and I'm just like, this is not gonna be good. One, because now he's gonna be at home all the time. And we still, you know, there's still so much going on with him and Mark. And then now we have Layla into the picture. Layla was the person who was like calling back to 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 back. And what we find out is that it's uh, Mark's wife. And I'm like, oh, this just got way more complicated than it needs to be. Because again, how I wonder how long he's been, he's been fighting the emergence of Stephen or any other personas that he has to get like she had no clue. So as she's sitting there talking to Steven and he takes her to his apartment, she's thinking, you know, um, so you just went out and started this whole new life. You just disappeared. And apparently he is also like filed for divorce. So it's just like, Mark obviously has a complicated life, obviously. And the crazy thing is, it's not one when we when we're introduced to Layla it's one of those things where it's kind of like she doesn't know about Steven and she doesn't know about Mark's illness but she pretty much just fit right in like she picks him up off the street after he's you know uh, this was like after he went to the storage unit but I'm she just she picks him up she takes him to his place and it's just kind of like He's telling her all of this stuff and she's just like, okay, like she's a little bit in disbelief because of the fact that she hasn't heard from Mark. But I feel like she was kind of like putting things together in her head still like, okay, so hmm, let's see. He's pretending to be someone else, but he seems really sincere about pretending to be someone else. Like, you know, at first she's thinking that he's faking it because he just doesn't want to be with her, whatever the case is. And then, as he's trying to explain it to her, as Stephen is trying to explain it to her, and he shows her the stuff he got from the storage locker, she's just like, "Hmm, okay."
3: I I think, I think, I think it was easy for her because easier at first because it it's not it doesn't seem like it's the first time he's had fake identities, Mm -hmm. and he seems like. She knows that he he has done shady things and will do shady things. They've done shady things together, so it's not like so it's a little weird that he's acting like he's completely someone different Mm -hmm. as opposed to just having a fake, you know, passport or something.
0: Right? Because again, I think this
3: kind of threw her off a little bit. Yeah, but I think she's used to him, you know, being you know pretending to be other people.
0: Yeah, but I mean for someone who is married and this is your, your spouse to go into all of that. Like even with the fake accent, like she's just looking at him like, why are you talking? <laughs> just what? But yeah, I, you know, I think the more that we, uh, learn about Layla, especially in this episode, cause she's like, when she finds the scarab, she's like, um, excuse me, Weren't we supposed to be doing this together? And and now you've got stuff and you're hiding from me. And what the fuck, dude? It's almost like she's expecting that he's double crossing her, but he's not. Poor, poor Mark, poor Stephen. I don't, I don't know which one I'm sympathizing more with at this point because Steven just his whole life has been turned upside down. And now that we know about Layla and Mark a little bit more, it's kind of like. OK, so Mark is married. He's obviously been trying to like push her away, probably because of whatever it is that he's doing for Konshu. And of course, she has no clue, but she's starting to put this stuff together like, oh, OK, so you have this stuff, you have this scarab and you just been not taking my calls. And what the hell is going on? And he's like.
2: I don't know. And on top of all that, it seems like she has more. She has more chemistry and connection with Stephen at times than she does with
1: Mark. we start reading,
2: reading, reading obscure French poetry together, like in unison. I'm like,
1: what?
0: It's funny, but but the funny thing is, you know, he has the uh, book on his shelf because he's like, it's my favorite author. She's like, no, it's it's mine. So obviously, Stephen has some maybe some memory of some of the stuff that mark has done and maybe just isn't conscious of it again this is only second episode so we don't exactly know how those two uh you know interact with each other if they've interacted with each other obviously they haven't because steven doesn't know who who mark is he has no clue but mark is obviously um he's obviously familiar with steven yeah
1: Okay, okay. At this point of, of watching this episode, at this point when they showed it, uh, it reminded me of watching Daniel Jackson trying to uh, impress uh, Samantha Carter on Stargate. This is what I got. I'm just saying, that's the feel I got. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jackson <laughs> trying to impress somebody. Yeah. Because he's like, uh, you know, the hieroglyphics here and, 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 and the French poetry here, and, and we have this here. And, and of course, you know, just the weirdness of being Daniel Jackson. This is Stephen right Right. Stephen he's trying to make sense of what's going on but at the same time he's obviously flirting with her he's obviously trying to you know impress her but at the same time she's like well I know you as my husband Mark Spector but you're saying your name is Stephen Grant and it's like you're looking at her and she's like well I kind of maybe like like this person a little bit more but at the same time I got to believe what he said. So th- I got a whole Stargate thing. That's what I got. Yes,
0: yeah, it's, it's kind of like um having a have a symbiote and they're just like going back and forth between.
3: Don't remind me of Venom. You know,
0: don't. No, no, no. I'm talking more yeah. so. I'm, I'm talking about Lori Stargate reference. Like, like you have Tilk in one minute, and then right. you will have the Gould oh. and in another. It's right. Kind of like, and, oh. and
1: and he's got the thing with him being the Jaffa, and then and then he flips. And remember, remember when he would go out in the real world? he'd be Murray with the hat. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, people. I'm going to do a lot of Stargate during Moon Night because now, now I'm clicking on all cylinders here. But yeah, no, it was, yeah, that that's what it is. But see, now I was watching this with Mark and I, I, right now on my screen, we have the whole uh, storage locker thing. Mm-hmm. And just the way they shot that with the freeze stop and it was, it was beautiful. It, it, like I said, I haven't seen the other three episodes because we're stacking, you know, to watch them on the weekends. But this episode, honestly, probably the best thing that i've seen from disney since falcon and Winter soldier i mean i enjoyed this so much it was so much fun and
2: literally. in that scene that she's talking about like in when he's in the hallway and they're like did they're hitting the lights the lights go off right then come Jesus. back yep, on yep. and you mm-hmm. can't shoot then, it, then yep. the other one comes on and he's not there it's right. like they're ramping up like this is for disney plus like yes this is some heavy like yo that's some scary shit like, mm-hmm. I, I understand. See, I think, I think this was kind of their plan when they, when they were bringing over to think the, the shows from Netflix, like Daredevil and all that. And they mm-hmm. said that you had to switch to having saying that you're over 18 to be able to watch certain things, or they would like put them somewhere else where kids can't get to them. Mm-hmm. Right. I think they're probably doing that with this too. I think this part, they saw this coming. They were like, "Oh, yeah, we should probably do something," because. You're not gonna get letters from people saying their eight-year-olds are seeing seeing crow skulls in their beds and stuff like that's just not well yeah no you're businesses. you're
1: completely right because you you take the the Netflix Marvel stuff you know as a whole but if my favorite one of course I've told you is Defenders because the Defenders is so grown up right? and Or even the stuff with Hogarth, you know, Jerry, uh, Carrie Ann Moss and characters and her thing. It, it's so adult that when you, you signed in that day, it was like, I had to go through, like you said, all the things that I, Mark and I had to do it for his account too. And it's like, wow, Disney is stepping up, which makes me hopeful for the rest of this, plus for Kenobi, plus uh, She-Hulk, because you know She-Hulk is going to go there. I mean,
2: Hill's gonna be Hill's, if it's like the like comics, like,
1: oh, oh, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Well, well, we'll get yeah. into her. Let's let him partition her. that off. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. Yeah. but I mean, yeah, but yeah, I agree. They went
2: full horror. Like I was like, 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 like the whole thing was like intense, like him running. And then I loved, like she said, when she did a freeze frame, when he was like, no, ah! it's
0: like, yeah, let me tell you, <laughs> Kanshu scares me. And the funny thing is, I don't think he's particularly scary as a God person character. Like, I feel like he talks more shit than anything. And he's not particularly like foreboding in that sense. But it's just something about that that mask. And I think it's because, I mean, I'm sure as, as kids, we've all seen like dead birds on the street, whatever. But like when I was a kid, we used to always find them like we had lots of trees in our area and nests. And so you would find baby birds like out of their nests, which I just only recently found out that mother birds will sometimes kill their babies and by just breaking their necks and tossing them over nests, which I think is very disturbing. But we will see those babies kind of decompose after time and i was just like why are you reminding me of creepy things from my childhood this is just not cool like i sit there and i look at him and i'm just kind of like i feel like a seven-year-old just kind of like no i don't want to do this I, I, I mean i understand how Stephen feels because if beyond, I the fact that, he doesn't
2: have a neck like he doesn't have a neck so it's just so the skull just kind of twirls around on his shoulders like just hovers and like turns, and
3: it's like, uh. and and his attitude doesn't really match. He's like this, <laughs> the snarky old man. Right,
0: that's why I say he's, <laughs> he's not like scary in that sense. And, <laughs> and an asshole, yeah, and he, just, he, he looks yeah, like
3: he's just an asshole, but like he looks scary. But then you're like, you're like, huh?
0: No, oh, shut up. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like it's kind of like looking at Deadpool. Like Deadpool has on this suit. He's got the he's got the katanas, and he's just like he's, you know. When you see him walking around and and fighting, he looks like totally badass and you don't want to fuck with him. And then he opens his mouth and it's just like, (laughs) bruh, this is what we're getting. That's how, that's kind of how I feel with Khonshu. Khonshu is like all talk, no, no, no scary, no nothing.
3: You you know who else is like that? (laughs) Venom. (laughs) Venom is. is Didn't we just say we
0: weren't going to talk about Venom? (laughs) did we just say that you said that as a matter of fact i I think i said that
3: but
2: but but i mean i mean it's valid i mean it's like he bites he bites some dude's head off and then you're like you don't take him seriously after that no especially when he grins
0: at you with those huge teeth (laughs) yeah i mean he okay yeah we're not gonna talk about venom that's a whole other (laughs) show that's a whole other show but we um, don't talk about venom No, no no no
3: I wasn't gonna go there. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, but you knew Mike was. So there. come on. It's, it's it gotta Mike. be me. <laughs> so um okay, but talking about the storage locker. So of course, uh Steven goes to storage locker. You know, he he looks at all of these different places and then he finally gets to one of the uh franchises. And they're like, Yeah, I know you, you come in here every such, and such. And he was like, Oh my god, really? I do. And the guy's looking at him like you're standing in front of me with the key like what's going on so it's it's really interesting looking at how other people are reacting to him because of course steven doesn't know about a lot of the stuff that mark does so like Stephen ends up in places and they're like yeah you've been here before we've seen you before like at the pet store he's just like um no and they're like um yes like here we can show you no but um (laughs) him finding Mark's duffel bag. Like, first of all, it always trips me out whenever you see this in a TV show, but who the hell is actually gonna stay and sleep in a storage locker? Those things get hot. I know that they say that they're climate controlled. I've been in one. Those things are not climate controlled, not in that sense. You And he's got the uh, the little cot, the military cot. He's got his bag and it's got like, all of this money, all of these passports. And Steve is just looking like, wait, is that a gun? Is that a pet? Pa- Who is that?" Uh. And then of course you start hearing Mark talking to him. And this becomes a really interesting conversation because it's like Mark is finally explaining to him. Yeah, so this is how this works. I work for kanshu or we work for kanshu I guess you could say. But yeah, um, you're not supposed to be interfering. You're not supposed to be here. And Steve is like, that's my body. That's my life. I just, I don't know. But I feel like, I feel like he's adjusting pretty well for someone who just found out that he's not the only person living in his head.
1: Well, I, he's had other people, I think, all along. Side note, in the Dresden Files, uh, in Turncoat, the book Turncoat, Dresden's uh, go-to place was a storage locker, and he had his go-bag and everything there. So it is uh, a trope in science fiction. I know. Fantasy, urban fantasy to have the storage locker be your go-to uh, place so seeing that wasn't as weird as you would think it's pretty common no
0: and I and I understand that I mean John Winchester had a whole storage locker full of yep. supernatural artifacts so right I yep. get that it's just so weird to me like when when it comes to um but I guess it's a good hiding place because nobody's gonna think to look for a person in a storage locker
1: right which is which is what Dresden did when they had the whole thing with what happened in the book but the thing is is that uh, there are I know a few people uh who actually uh, try to do it but they don't let you do that because they do check the storage lockers out here in California but I know a few people who if they could get away with it would actually live in a storage locker with all their stuff because they're preppers people and let's do that all it. the
2: time it's like there's yeah. there people who are doing that right now like really, really living in it yeah like pe- people do that all the time around here they get a big storage locker they just like set up it's a it, trust me, it's a it's a YouTube rabbit hole that you'll be down for like two hours just no. watching people. Why watching people set up beds, kitchens, and everything in like a storage locker that's no bigger that's like a little bit bigger than than like a like a double closet?
1: How do you set up a kitchen in oh. a
0: storage locker?
2: Well,
1: as someone who's married to a prepper, it's possible. Set up
2: a hot plate. hot Get you a system to get water to have Induction water Induction
1: stove. Yep, you can do the water pipe. You can get the whole thing. Yeah, you can do it. You mm-hmm. can. You can conceivably set, your up, set yourself up with a uh, uh, a kitchen uh, in about an hour. Like I said, I'm married to a prepper. We have a canoe in our living room in a box. We have a two person canoe. So why yeah. am yeah. I not surprised?
2: I bet. I bet you get. I bet you guys have parachutes too, don't you?
1: Don't give him any
0: ideas. Is he listening? Mark, no. ignore that. Ignore Mark,
2: that. Mark, get get a couple of parachutes just in case DeSandre's fault falls in. You're going to need parachutes.
1: Look, I was Go already ahead. told that I can't jet to Reno because of the fault line, so I'm already upset about that. But no, conceivably, he, you could do that. But see, the other thing with this whole thing with kanshu and him with the split personality thing is that I truly believe that and I don't know, because I haven't seen, there's like three episodes I haven't seen yet. Um, I almost want to say that even though Stephen Grant isn't the base personality, I, I get a feeling that they might change it at the end of the series and actually make Stephen the base and make Mark the secondary. Because in the comic books, it's Mark. So I don't know. Again, I haven't seen the three. But yeah, no, that whole scene with the store soccer, fascinating stuff.
2: But there are also situations where it would it would behoove them to have Stephen be the main. Like, if oh, say, like true. because of, because of his vast knowledge of Egyptian lore, like when they're in Egypt, they probably it's probably better to have him out than than to have Mark out. And also, as far as far as the storage locker, I'm actually impressed that they have walls that are buffed to a mirror shine because I've. As as many many storage lockers as I've had the privilege or right. the privilege of having yeah. being part of, I've yeah. never seen mirror buffed walls in those bad boys.
1: True. Never. This is true. Yeah. 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 They they that that's a set uh design choice because yeah, they're usually grungy. I mean, yeah, cause I guess
2: weird. him and Mark had to talk some
0: way.
3: So. so so I'm not a person that, that freeze frames anything. Lies. lies whatever. Lies. Whatever. But, Let me pull know, up some I references. Could, out of curiosity, I did scan the QR code on the locker number, and it takes you to the Marvel website. It's Werewolf by Night, right? Comments.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. They 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 promoted that the Werewolf by Night. Yeah, that was actually kind of cool.
3: Oh, they, they did, did promote that. it. Oh.
1: I think they did yeah. that yeah, they in the did. first they episode as well.
0: It. I think there was a QR yeah. code somewhere in the museum. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it was the museum. see,
1: that Were- is what they need to do. That that is very smart.
2: And Werewolf by Night is part of the Midnight Suns again. Yes, yes
1: yes right they they, they yeah. they're,
2: see there's, see this is what they're doing they're setting me up for a fall again this is this is this is why I'm listening to WandaVision this is WandaVision all over again True. they're setting me up and I'm gonna fall for it because I've already fallen for it I'm already looking for like go looking for ghost riders in the background like is that, is that Danny is that John Blaze Is that a chopper like I'm already looking and so it's like
1: they're look, setting me up for a fall biggest disappointment was Asians of shield with that one year we already talked Wait, about
0: this Lori. we are not gonna know, talk about robbie know, reyes right now okay.
1: all right so 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 uh mike remind yes. me blade is part of this right i can't remember
2: yes blade is blade okay. is part of midnight suns yes so,
1: so would it be cool if marciano marciano Mar- Mar- Mar-
2: Mar- yeah give, give it to Mar- me, Mar-
1: Mar- me? ali Herjala. I just can't pronounce it. Anyway, uh marshall <laughs> what, what give it to me? Ma
0: her her Ma Sha La.
1: <laughs> Ollie. Wouldn't it be cool if he did a camo? That would be cool. I'm at almost kind of sort of expecting <laughs> it.
0: Really?
2: I want to see him and him and um, Black Knight at the end. Just be Oh,
1: like, that'd be awesome. That would be <laughs> awesome.
2: <laughs> awesome. It's like him, him, him the planning and be to like, hey, we should talk
1: yeah yeah like be like fire. uh like old boy at the end of uh middle of balustar galactica uh when they're all after the cylon attack and he looks at everyone in the room he goes we need to talk and they all him into the room just like that yes i, I feel Battlestar Galactica.
2: yes here. um yeah yeah that'll be fire though i would i would lose my my collective mind wherever little brain cells i have left if that happens like for real that would be awesome but yeah i think that i honestly believe that there's no i just feel it i'm like they have to like by now but then i thought they'd have to show mephisto too and you're not you not. know
0: what yes yeah, so we're not going to talk about that i brought up a mephisto reference today and uh one of our listeners <laughs> one of our listeners carlos this was on twitter he was like okay i'm done with this conversation <laughs>
2: Wait, I, I, I was, I was. You mentioned Mephisto. I thought, I thought I felt felt something in my on the back of my ear, like someone mentioning Mephisto. I was like, "What, Mephisto? Where?"
0: where? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah. No. Not not <laughs> confirmed at all. Not at all. But um, I I noticed that after um after you mentioned it when we talked about the first episode, Mike, I started seeing the Midnight Sun stuff going around on the internet, like different yeah. um, different writers, uh, bloggers. I saw it on Twitter. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm not going to fall down that rabbit hole because that's what we did with WandaVision. And look where it got us. Like okay. our catchphrases come from the whole WandaVision thing now because of how bad we got stung. So. Hey
2: Hanukkah what's this?
0: You know what? I'm not.
2: It's me falling down the rabbit hole. mm yeah, i'm already going no I'm going.
0: I'm going. no don't do it mike <laughs> don't do it don't do it bye i'm falling
2: yeah but that that whole i and the thing is like for all that mark told him i feel like he could have told there's still a whole lot of, lot of stuff that he didn't tell him
0: Oh, of course like again yeah, we're only like, at episode two
2: <laughs> yeah it's like but you could tell like you could tell he, he was measuring what he could tell him because he was actually, he was like, are you sure you want to, you sure you want to know? He's like, yeah, tell me, tell me. And he's like, all right. And he's going through in his mind, like, what can I tell him? I got to tell him something so that he'll chill the fuck out.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's like, yeah, but it's, I mean, I got to give it to, give it to um, Stephen because he had the backbone. He was like, you want me to lay down? Like, I'm not laying down. I'm going to go. I'm taking this to the proper authorities. So I'm getting some drugs. So I'm going to go to, I'll lay down there. <laughs>
0: well, well let me see, I gotta, you. Gotta give,
2: Give him props for looking out, out for his mental health. See, this is a—that's a healthy mental attitude for him to say. I think I'm going crazy. I'm going to the authorities. I'm turning myself in. Give me medicine. Let me lay down. This is that's, true. It's good mental health.
0: But, but <laughs> when you already have had a jackal come after you, when you've already met this guy that you thought was only in your dreams, and he shows up at your job. Mm-hmm. That's enough for you to be like, okay, you know what? That's more than coincidental. And then of course, as he and Layla are at his apartment, he gets a knock on the door from the police. And he's like, "Um, yeah, I know you guys are here about this, the damage at the museum. I've already been fired. They've already it, It's already been taken care of. And when they walk in there and they start asking him questions, I was like, these are not like real police. Don't no, don't
2: the, do it. no don't that, that one for detective it. she she asked could they come in and he was like well I don't think so and then the one then the one guy busted. in he's like thank you and it's like I was like oh dang I didn't know Stephen was black that sucks
3: <laughs> Oh before before we leave personal color so before we leave the storage facility let's talk about Oscar Isaac and how well he acted with himself in that scene. Man I mean, listen he he's brilliant i mentioned
0: I mean, this in the, the first Chris episode watching this man in this that. role is like watch it, it, we're being taught a master class
2: for real he's becoming he's fastly becoming my favorite actor like i'll watch anything he's in now like for real i'll i will literally watch whatever he's in and it's making me mad it's making me kind of mad i don't i might not watch the next Dune because he's now he might not be in it i might like, be like no nah, i don't think i'm gonna watch it if oscar's not in it but he is, yeah. Like like I like said, he's yeah. I'm lying. I am lying. But that's beside the point. That's Ambion Zebra. Oscar Isaac in this series has setting the bar way up here for all the next series. Like I don't think you can't really top it. I don't see how you can top his performance here because it's like the accents that he takes, the body language that he uses, the gestures that he uses. Mm-hmm. It's like the even the eye movement, like you could tell, like he, like Steven looks different. Like he always he has like a his eyebrows are always, always, all the way up here. When he's marked, his eyebrows are down and he's serious. It's like he, he, he is acting with his whole entire body. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how, if, if he doesn't win, if he doesn't win all the awards, then I'm like, I mean, he, he's basically the Silk Sonic of acting this year. It's like he needs to, he needs to sweep. Everything he's nominated for, like all. I of love it.
0: that comparison, foe for foe. So look, when he wins, is he gonna get up from the table like Silk Sonic? That's gonna be a different personality, right?
2: Exactly. He's gonna he's gonna get up like, oh man, maybe he'll call that one Bruno. He'll call that one Anderson.
3: And be like, no, is is even Mark or Steve gonna go up to the stage and slap him when he never mind.
0: No <laughs> you are get, getting ahead I know of where yourself. You're going. No. I know sorry. where you're
3: going.
2: <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh but yeah, I yeah, he's he is doing the he is this is some of the best acting I've seen in a while. Like he's, he's he's killing it.
0: He's so good. So good. And and I like it because you get to see more of him. Like I've seen him in other things of course, you know, Star Wars, um Dune, like you said. Just and I'm thinking just on the like fantasy genre scope you know we've we've seen him in those characters and he was fairly prominent in Star Wars but I still feel like we didn't really get to see as much of him as we're seeing now or maybe it's just that because he's playing a character that basically has another person living inside of him like I don't know what kind of prep he did for this role but it's almost like he read for two different parts and just decided okay I'm gonna put them together and I'm gonna put use them in the same show and it's just that at some points I'll be this person and at some person I'll be this person and they're like Stephen is on one end of the spectrum and Mark is all the way over here on the other
3: see why did you have to mention his role as Poe Dameron? I'm going to resist the urge of going down a rabbit hole about that, and I'm just going to ignore that whole situation, especially with him and Finn. I'm oh, oh, him and,
2: oh! You mean you mean him and Finn being lovers? Yes, you should totally. I'm going to stop. That.
0: That's I'm a whole stop. other, other. convert. But see, at least, but
3: see, you I think, I, mean. I
2: think also, I think that he. That he is really trying to exercise the, the image of him being apocalypse in the in that damn X man movie.
3: He with, did with the, such a the... good job that it's easy to know that it's not him.
0: I completely <laughs> forgot that it was pretend. him until people started yeah, can... posting the memes, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, it, just
3: I, it's not him." I was
0: like, "Wait, that
2: was him." Even yeah. Oscar Isaac is pretending that wasn't him. That was terrible. That was the worst thing they could have ever. They should have done what they did with Sonic when they when when they had the first Sonic out that looked scary as hell with those little bitty eyes, and they fixed it and made the eyes the size they were supposed to be. That's what they should have done with him and took those damn that damn those damn shoulder pad shoulder pad collar that he had on off and actually made him look like he did in the damn comic book. See then see then then you could get me start thinking about Taskmaster again. Like
0: God, mother son.
2: Okay, I'm good. But yeah, it's we're like, not we're not going to go
0: on that tangent.
2: Thank you. So, I but yeah, it's like he. I mean, he is. It, I mean, there's so much, and this like really diversifies the the work that he's done. Like, I mean, from Dune to Pub. I mean, if you look at Poe Dameron and this character, you're like, it's night and day. It's like he's un, almost he's almost unrecognizable, for real. It's like he's that shows how good of a job he's doing.
0: Yeah, but you know, I was thinking because you know when when the cops are in his apartment and the dude finds his passport and people keep saying, "Okay, you're this person, you're this person," or we've seen you, or whatever. My question is, and I know this is probably because you know thinking on the fly is not really Stephen's strong suit, unless it comes to Egyptian stuff we're we're seeing. But I'm like, dude, just tell people you got a twin, like. That was all so, so much like that's my twin brother. We were separated at birth. We just recently found each other. I mean, it could work.
2: Yeah, but but I mean, this is all new to him. He's he's probably he's probably so far from thinking on his feet right now. Yeah, that he's just like like he he can't do any of that. Even if he could have before, now with everything that's going on. There's absolutely no chance that he can think on his feet that fast.
0: Yeah, but it's it. The funny thing is, it's like even when they're in the cop car and they're 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 riding, and he's telling them, he's like, "Look, this is not me," because they're looking on the computer and they see, "Oh, Mark Spector is like an international um, criminal, you know, dropping bodies and all this other stuff." He was like, "That's not me." I'm like, "How can you not talk to this dude for two minutes and not realize?" something is wrong because there's no way this mild-mannered soft-spoken person is this and i mean i know you you're looking at the physical evidence well he's got the same face as this (sighs) person come on now especially if you work for someone like harrow which we find out from
3: from from his perspective from his perspective, you're right, but from their perspective, Harold has probably already told them his mind is fractured. Because you know, later we learn that they work for Harold, mm-hmm. so they already know that his mind. He Harold's probably already told them, yeah, don't listen to whatever he says. His mind is fractured. Right, just bring him here. Yeah, just I bring mean, him here. They they know this,
0: right? This, this but kinda, I don't know because like- Harold just what we see of him in this episode when he's sitting there talking to Steven. And, and again, this is going to come into that conversation. Anthony and I had a conversation in my, in my office last week. We were talking about villains and um, those who are getting redemption arcs, or those who are kind of, it's like, but well, was that person re- really wrong? And I don't know, there's something about Harold's character. Like, yes, I understand he's the villain in this story. And he has nefarious plans. I'm going to go with all the little catchphrases. But there's also something about him that seems very, very sincere. Like he knows already, like even from the first time he met Stephen, once he realized, oh, okay, this dude really does work in a gift shop. And he, you know, does the um, balance, the scales or does the scales test on him. He realizes that there's a lot more going. So when they are together in this scene, he tells him, he's like, it must be really hard having all of those voices in your head. And he says, Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, Khan Shu. And then we find out that he used to be Khan Shu's avatar. So I feel like even though he seems like he's supposed to be the, this villainous guy, the way that he kind of come, comes across. I don't know if I feel like he's a bad guy. Like he has this thing in his mind where Ahmet needs to be unleashed so that evil can be cast out of the world. And we don't know yet his full motivations for all of that, but something about me tells me he's not just this, this villain. It's kind of like going back to the whole Endgame and you know Infinity Saga and thinking about Thanos now the way that people look at him now when we look at the newer um, Disney Plus series, like especially in Hawkeye, you know, you saw Thanos was right everywhere because it's like after the fact, people started thinking about what he did and why he supposedly did things. And they're like, okay, well, maybe he had the right idea, just went about it the wrong way. I kind of feel like Harold is that way too. So the way that he kind of takes care of Steven while he's there, Something tells me that he wouldn't be the type of person to tell his um, his henchmen his co- the his cops whatever you want to call them something like his mind is broken don't don't believe him he doesn't seem to me to be that type it would be more like he may be a little bit confused just kind yeah, of I
3: didn't say he would not to believe him just you know just go just go with it and right right. It, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: but see, you got you got you still have to remember that Harrow is basically Jim Jones. Like he has followers that are loyal to him to a fault that will do anything he says, and he's very charis- he's charismatic. I mean, you got to look at it this way: they based Harrow, they based the character of Harrow off of David Koresh, so there there I mean there are parallels there too. It's like David Koresh was very charismatic. People loved him. People listened to him and followed him. Like even when the walls were literally closing and burning in on him, they still were there with him. And that's the, that's the signs of a good cult leader. It's like you get people to do what you to do, what you say, no matter what. And you, you, and it's like, you seem like you're not exhibiting effort to make them do what you're getting them to do mm-hmm. and he's doing that it's like i mean he has people look at his compound it's like he has people learning three languages it's like little black girl speaking mandarin no she was
0: them. not and we'll get into that but no she was not
2: okay okay <laughs> kind of speaking Mandarin, but then, then you see but then you walk into the compound and see people with headphones looking at whales swimming and you're like Huh? And then, yeah. And then eating like, eating like vegan lentil soup and all this other stuff. And it's like, and people like getting along because he told them like, this is the way, follow me and I will lead you to salvation. And it's like, he is Jim Jones. He is David Koresh. He is all these charismatic leaders that affect find people who have the correct mind state for them to believe what somebody who has a little bit of charisma a nice Mm -hmm. smile and a head nod and they're like okay and there they go
0: i don't know about that nice smile i don't think i've seen harold smile at all
2: (laughs) i mean he kind of of had like like a little half i mean he's kind of serious but when he he does a little bit of a half smile in there sometimes but it's not my point it's just like he i mean he has he has it he has what he needs he has that it factor yeah he like you know he just gets people to to listen to what he says and to do what he needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So it's like you just kinda of, I mean, yeah, he's charismatic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I could see how people could see that he has say he has a point, but it's I mean, it's just like just like the great philosopher Fred Williamson said on the King Cobra commercials. Don't let the smooth taste fool you.
0: <laughs> Mike, you didn't have you didn't have to go that far with aging us. King Cobra? <laughs> you did not have to go that far with aging us it's bad no, enough no. you may you mentioned david koresh because i know most people are like people who are younger than us they're like who is that because they didn't live through all of that, that wasn't and learning that, long ago. that was like what was that late 90s no,
3: that, that was that long you're ago. talking
0: about a generation <laughs> Oh God, that 30
3: was 30 years ago a whole oh, generation
0: Jesus. yeah oh god you're talking a about minute. a generation who, you know, is walking around on who is walking around on TikTok talking about who is Bon Jovi. Um, Excuse you. So yeah, just for those of you who are listening who have no idea who the hell Mike is talking about, just go Google David Koresh and you will see. And yeah, it'll make a lot. K
2: o r e s h. Right, and it'll I'm, make a lot. Having an existential crisis right now. I don't think I can
0: handle this. <laughs> You did it. I mean, it.
2: It doesn't seem like it was that long ago.
3: Dang. Yeah. Wait. Wait. A- ask the young people whatever golden oldies, and then you feel old.
2: No, I don't know. We're not. We're not doing that. <laughs> so I saying, oh my god, boys to Men. That, that's a great old group.
0: Uh, I was listening to an old school station, and they played Rihanna. I was like, I'm done. I'm done.
2: Like, nah, not doing that. Ugh.
0: But. I see how our parents felt when, in the '90s, we talked about '80s as old school and '70s as old school. Yeah, Oh man like, Steve
2: Wonder. Yeah, yeah, that old, yeah, man, that old school stuff is crazy.
0: So we're we're just getting it, we're just getting it back. You know, turnabouts, fair play. I suppose.
3: Oh, or like in, in Star Trek when they were playing um, the Beastie Boys song. He's like, "What is this classical music?"
0: <gasps> you know, yeah, we I- could actually, we could actually. Do a whole podcast episode about references that age us that make people go, Huh? What?
2: Oh, God, we could. that will be like a five part series, man.
0: It would, because oh, because you could do one on music, you could do one on TV shows, you could do one on, do one uh, on
2: current events,
0: right? Mm. So, yeah, mm. okay. Uh, anyway, getting back to Moonlight before we get too far off track,
2: <laughs> yeah. But shout, shout out to Stephen for calling him out too. After he told him his purpose, he was like, oh, so you're, y'all you are good with killing kids, yeah? And everybody was kind of like.
0: <laughs> well, when you put it that way.
2: <laughs> I was like, wait, I mean, he guys like Stephen put it straight into perspective. And Harold kind of looked, Harold actually looked a little bit shook there, too. Like, he, he, like, he didn't kind of, he kind of didn't know what to say. He was like, wait, but so you're judging people before they had a chance to, to correct themselves. That mm-hmm. doesn't seem right like what if they're children and then he's like ah.
0: right and i was like <laughs> right so what are you gonna are, are you gonna kill a baby based on like it's kind of like i'm trying to think of one inst- Oh, okay i think it was uh was it supernatural or there, there was another show i don't remember but somebody went back in time and killed killed hitler as a baby or that's that was the premise. They were going to kill Hitler as a baby. They're like, but that's a baby. They're like, know, but so he's you know, going to become yeah. such and such. So it's kind of like you, you have that kind of like if you have knowledge that somebody is going to do something horrible, like you have all of these TV shows and movies where people go back in time and they try to change things. Of course, we know Minority
2: Report. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you can't do that. But for someone like Amet who says, okay. I know that you're going to do this horrible thing, or you're going to do that horrible thing. So let's just go ahead and um, knock you out of the way, and then maybe those horrible things won't happen. Technically speaking, it hasn't happened yet, so it's not like it's a fixed point in time. You're eliminating it, but then the the moral really comes in, like, okay, but what if something else happens in that person's life that kind of takes them off of that path and puts them on a different path like how do you how do you know specifically that yes this person is going to be bad you don't know that because we're humans human nature changes us all the time somebody can be and
3: that's why and that's why the balancing is after your death and not during your life you know and and that's that's the Mm -hmm. the thing with the egyptian mythology right they balance your life after you die (laughs) not not while you're alive taking into account things that you may or may not do at least when you're dead you've already done them
0: right and i'm thinking i'm thinking very specifically about american gods now when we come to that you know you had the lady who was in the kitchen and she fell off the chair and you know she was told yeah you'll be fine you're going to go live a, a great afterlife and then you have someone like Laura who literally was you know yes we we <laughs> but yeah and and okay yeah we won't go into that cuz but yeah it, it's kind of one of those things like okay so how did who and and I understand she's a god So to ask the question, like, who put you, who made you the judge and rule? Okay, well, she's God. That's kind of what they do. But I don't think that it's right that you judge someone based on decisions they have not made yet. Because again, you can change. There can be other circumstances. Like, think about Stephen. Stephen, from what we see, is an inherently good person. But if you judge him based on what his altars are doing, like, we already know Mark is a killer, you know, Um, I don't think it's in this episode, I think it's in the next episode, so I'm not going to spoil it, but there is obviously at least one more personality living in his brain, because we kind of see hints of that, so it's kind of like, but when you come to somebody like Steven, like, what do you judge him based off of? Do you judge him based off of who the original body belonged to? Do you judge him based off who was the more dominant persona and at any given time? Like, and I understand that's why the scales were, you know, he couldn't be weighed because there was so much chaos going on in his brain, but still it's kind of like who makes that determination? It's
3: it's it's interesting that Amit and Kansu are the two guys who are sort of like kicked off to the side because on the one hand you have one who she's was punished for balancing lives while people were alive. And then you have the other one, he's killing people, you know, with his hand of justice or whatever, those things aren't allowing people to live out their natural lives. Right. And then have their life balanced after they die. So they're kind of going against what the other guys have sort of established is what we're supposed to do. Mm
0: And then, you know, the other thing I'm thinking of is when I was editing our episode for uh, episode one, I was thinking about what Mike said. I think it was Mike who was saying it. You were saying something about how you feel like, you know, how the shows kind of give us one thing to think. And then they kind of throw us for a loop by saying, oh, yeah, we wanted you to go down this path, but we're going to take you down this path. division, obviously, that sort of thing. But Mike says something about wondering whether or not Ahmed was not actually just eliminating the evil people, but maybe um, I think you said something about maybe her eliminating the good people so that the only the evil people actually um, actually existed.
2: Yeah, it's just because we look at him when he was in the village, like he like he obviously got one of his henchmen and judged him and said this is a good man. But then the kindly old woman who's been good all her life was probably a nun. He judged her poorly. And she said, but I've been good my whole life. He's like, well, maybe it's something you do late, do tomorrow. Sorry. And soul sucker, your soul is mine. And she's dead. So yeah, I think that, I I, I mean, it just seems like, you know, again, it goes back to him being very charismatic and him saying, This man is good. Oh, he's good. This woman Mm -hmm. is bad, but I've been good. Maybe something you did later. Yes, something she did later. Yes, kill her. And it's like, you know, and but yeah, I mean, it's just something that, yeah, he could be bringing, he could be being deceived. And I think that, I mean, maybe, maybe he, um, she is using him to come back and then she's gonna go about her own nefarious business and get be, be rid of Harrow and just be like, okay, thank you. I'm gone.
0: You know, this is the interesting thing about that. So if you think about the information we learned in this episode, we learned that Harrow used to be the avatar of Khonshu. Now we see the kind of shit Khonshu has Mark doing. Okay. Un- enabling him to kill people, deceive people, whatever, whatever. So if he was Shu's avatar first and he was doing this kind of thing for Shu, I want to know how he became the avatar for Ahmed. Because if Ahmet is judging people based on the whole of their lives, like the things that they have done, are doing and have yet to do. Harrow, I don't know, I feel like, for Khonshu to grab Harrow as his avatar, I feel like Harrow had to have had maybe somewhat of a sketchy life to begin with because I don't think you can take someone that's pure and good and make them do the things that we have seen Khonshu make Mark do. So my question is, if Harrow had to do some of the same kind of stuff under Khonshu's rule, I guess for the, for, for the better way to put it, How did he become Amit's voice as far as doling out justice? Because I feel like your skills are probably not balanced. So how do you become the voice for someone whose purpose is to judge people based on their life? That like, that's kind of weird to me.
1: Well, Hanako, he probably um, repudiated him. He probably kicked him out from being his avatar. He was left uh, basically uh, uh, godless and he stumbled across her or she found him. I mean, let's face it, one of the biggest tropes, especially if you go back to Misty Lackley's uh, Herald series, uh, Vandal Savage, uh, his, his his husband, Stefan was involved in a blood feud with family. He went too far and his, uh, his uh, 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 horse, basically Herald, beige, uh, whatever, uh, basically... Uh, said i don't know you more what is it i see you no more i speak to you no more i hear you no more like they didn't True blood so it could have been one of those scenarios where he basically said we're done and you're on your own get to stepping he was wandering probably alone in the desert so in egypt because you know that's where it probably happened and she found him and said you were not worthy of this but you're worthy of this and said can you or i need for you to be my avatar and he upset accepted because he had nothing else to do or nothing else or where to go. I mean, what do you guys think? I think that
0: that's acceptable. I think that's, that's possible. It, it just, you know, like I said, it kind of threw me because I'm like, okay, chances are you did some bad stuff before Kanshu even came into your life. I don't know, because even though, yes, he seems charismatic, he seems caring. I also feel like that's not that's not the total sum of who he is like i i really feel like we're gonna see some more sinister behavior from him probably later on down the line but right now we're only two episodes in their goal is to make us look at this person and be like well maybe he's not such a bad guy
3: well I, i okay this is not a theory so
0: whatever every
2: time every time you start something by saying that it usually turns out to be kind of theoretical so go ahead with your theory
3: this is not a theory first because first Amit is in prison she can't talk to anybody she can't recruit anybody she is locked up everything that harrow is doing is stuff that he has pieced together from either his own research or conversations with um Khonshu, that a few things Khonshu may have, you know, let slip in, in their discussions. And he has pieced together. He doesn't know what Ahmed wants. He's just guessing what Ahmed wants. So, when he says, oh, she just wants to judge she really could just be really wanting to get rid of everybody. You know what I mean? And he's deciding the balancing the skills and all that stuff. So that's something he's doing based on the way he thinks she wants
0: okay okay um because I that.
3: she can't she she is locked away she cannot reach out to anyone um at all like she's gone for all intents and purposes this is all harold's doing so harold may be in for a surprise he doesn't he doesn't really know what she wants it's just mm. he's just guessing
0: okay i can see that
3: I mean he may have part of it, but he doesn't know the whole story. Okay. They put it away for a reason.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> you know. Okay. But yeah, um Stephen questioning Harold with, "Oh, so you're okay with killing kids?" like that whole conversation and it's it's funny cuz we we've talked about this before too, the "quote unquote bad guys or your Jim Jones types." He's one of those people that's kind of like, okay, you're going to drink the Kool-Aid that I'm serving you. This is what we do. And this is why we're doing it. And you can see Steven walking around the compound, just looking at how everybody is um, behaving. Like one, everyone seems to be there on their own accord. Nobody seems to be hurt. Nobody seems to be doing anything dastardly except for the two cops that brought him there. And you see once once Harrow has them, they kind of just walk off like, oh, okay but it's one of those things where his demeanor does suck you in and it makes you say, okay, you know what? Maybe I've had the wrong idea about him. And then you stick your, you know, you stick your cane into the ground and pull up all this purple essence and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, um, let's go back to the girl and the, and the Mandarin. (laughs) because the funny thing about that is after that episode aired i happened to be on twitter and i came across simu liu's uh post that he was like yo disney what was that that is so not mandarin (laughs) like i didn't understand a word that they were saying that is not mandarin and then other people just started saying like yo what the fuck is that like i could go to i could do um Rosetta Stone and come up with better Mandarin than that, and I was just like, (laughs) I felt like, okay, you know how fans are, and you know they're gonna pick up on some things, just like they picked up with the fact that Stephen's quote unquote British accent is not a real accent. I was like, okay, did they do that on purpose to like throw us off? To you know, it's just one of those things again where I feel like. They're telling us one thing, but they're they're trying to make us believe something else about Harrow and his his whole people. But yeah, that Mandarin thing was so funny because when Simu Liu said it, I was just like, oh, okay. So I guess it's it's not correct. And then once I saw his tweet, everybody started tweeting about it. This is not Mandarin. What kind of language? Who who was the language coach? And I was like, oh. OK, I mean, it seems like a small thing, but it's a big thing, because here's the thing. If you're going to put that in there to have like the representation, right. do it right. So I'm curious as to what made them like. I don't know. I don't know. If they, I don't I don't know if that was a, a thing on purpose. I don't know if they had a Mandarin coach actually on the set to say, yeah, that's not right. I mean, I would think they don't because it made it in there and everybody who speaks Mandarin is like, yeah, no, no.
3: They could have called any number of the people who worked on Shang-Chi to come check it out. Any number of those people would have, you know.
0: Right. Because, I mean, we already know they're contracted for Shang-Chi, too. So that means they're on the payroll. Hey, can you, like, translate this and this is what we want to say. It's only, like, two lines
3: yeah, because, yeah. you know because the...
2: yeah can you tune up my accent so it actually sounds like it's supposed to sound
0: yeah right because apparently none of it was like discernible I, I don't know but yeah when you said that Mike I was like nope 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 no. <laughs> but uh. anyway so at this point in the story like I said Harrow is giving Stephen the pitch. He's telling him about this is what we're gonna do and this is what I'm trying to do. And Stephen is almost it's almost like he's buying it until he gets to the part where he's like, okay, so you guys judge people based on things they haven't done yet. And this could apply to children too. Yeah, no, I don't think I want to be a part of this. Right. And then Layla comes in and she's got the scarab. And then we get like the whole big fight, chase scene, whatever. First of all, Layla is a badass. Let's just put that out there. Layla is a badass, and we only see her fighting just a little bit in this episode, but she's a badass. Um, even when she gets to a point where she has to fight this invisible beast, that is chasing after Stephen, like she's look. She's looking at Stephen, like, "Dude, what are you talking about?" You see him being thrown around. You see him being jerked, and you still have like a little bit of disbelief about it. Like, "What are you doing? Why are you acting like that?" People confused me this whole episode, and I know it's because they couldn't see. I think that that may have been another jackal, maybe. But guess
3: yeah, what? It looked like, it, it was a jackal.
0: Oh yeah, okay. I see it in the background. But they couldn't he says
3: jackal, jackal, jackal. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, we could be dealing with a whole bunch of stuff. We are in Egypt or or, or you know, dealing with Egyptian stuff. So it could be And
3: I don't think she's ever ever been around him when something like that has happened.
0: She had to know something because she told him summon the suit.
3: Right, but he probably has used the suit in doing some of the things he was supposed to be doing. I don't think he's ever had a confrontation with Hera. Hera calls a jackal.
0: Okay. But when everybody sees it, and not, not just Layla, when they're in the street fighting, and he's being thrown into a bus, he's being thrown into a wall, he's literally being tossed around and, like, carried up in the air. People are just standing around looking. and keep, They keep walking. It's kind of like it's kind of like how people always talk about new york like in new york when strange shit happens they just kind of walk past like um whatever that's kind of the vibe i got here like do y'all really see strange enough things in london that this will be a a thing but then i forgot this is part of the mcu
3: yeah but didn't someone say is he having a seizure
0: yes someone (laughs) did someone thought he was
3: drunk so oh he's
2: drunk fighting uh
0: I have seen people drunk fighting before. It's never looked like that. It's never been that clean. It's never been that precise. It's always very sloppy. It's always very sad.
3: I wonder if, can we presume that maybe some of these people have seen Fight Club and they were just like, hmm, maybe this is a Fight Club.
0: No, you know what I was thinking? Like I said, this is part of the MCU and we don't know where uh, Moon Knight fits in the timeline yet, but this is the same place that had a whole, like a whole Chatari ship come in at the university, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not like they haven't seen aliens and strange things before. So maybe that was the whole attitude like, oh, okay, he's fighting something strange. I'm going to mind my business and go over here because, yeah, no. But float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. that line was so amazing because he's sitting there and first of all, he's got on this clean ass white suit. This white suit was amazing. We said at the top of the show, suit was amazing. He looks good in it. And then of course, you know, he's, he's trying to, I feel like he's trying to put on airs for, for Layla. Like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. So he actually punches the jackal and the jackal goes flying. He's like, wait, oh, I, I think I kind of like this. But then, of course, he commences to getting his ass beat because it's Steven fighting, not Mark. But just watching all of this is so interesting. First of all, how are you keeping this white suit clean? You done got hit by two cars. You've been slammed into a bus. You've been slammed into a wall. Why are you still white? Why, why are you still clean? It's, it's
3: anti-stain. I mean, it, is that, That's
0: a, that's that's, that's the Scotch Guard of the. It's gods. a
3: mystical. It's a mystical ceremonial <laughs> battle suit.
0: He said it's, it's the Scotch Guard of the gods. Oh my god!
2: <laughs> it's like dirt just falls away. Oh. <laughs> you have but to yeah. repel
3: all that sand. Yeah, a little dirt is not going to exactly. Get
2: away. Uh, yeah, what's, yeah. What's a little dust if you if you can repel sand from the Sahara?
0: Yeah.
3: I mean this ass Anakin, he would have loved to have a suit like that. Good God.
0: Right. I do not even want to imagine Anakin having a suit like that with his anger issues. No. No.
3: <laughs> no he just wanted for the for the anti sand repellent. So Is that cause he hates sand? Because he hates sand.
1: Just <laughs> everywhere.
0: I, I I I get it. I get it. But <laughs>
1: Let me tell you
0: when he changed, when Steven changes back into Mark or, you know, when he gets slammed into the school bus, his, his, I can't remember if he took his mask off or if it came off. First of all, you've got on a super suit. You do not show your identity to other people. You just don't do that. But of course, again, this is Steven. But when he looks in the um, window and Mark is like, yo, you need to let me take the body back or else we're going to get killed and you're going to get Layla killed. And it's the Layla part that makes Steven say, okay, you know what? Take the body. And I got to say, every time I see this suit start to wrap itself around him, I just want to pause it and and watch it in slow motion to see how they are doing that because it looks so cool. Just... Oh, but I mean, again, brings up Emotep vibes when he started regenerating his body. You know, we, like I said, we're going to make a lot of mummy references when we're talking about this show. But it was just, um, you know, he gets the, he takes over the body, and then of course the the Moon Knight suit comes out, and he starts doing his fighting with this jackal who is running through the crowd, and. The crowd is sitting there, like you got a couple of people that it knocked down to the ground. Obviously, it wasn't trying to kill anybody in the crowd. Like that jacket was like puny, regular humans, whatever. But why, why, why are you around this so-called, like you know that there's something invisible there knocking people on their ass? Why are you sitting there surrounding surrounding it, trying to figure out wh- what it is? Like, where is it? What people are so stupid. Oh, they're so stupid. But anyway,
2: you can't, you can't, don't, don't even, you know, I mean, they're basically, they're basically NPCs. They're non playable characters. Just,
0: just go around
2: them and knock them down and let them get up and run away. But they I make mean, the rest saw, of like, us he, like, he, he look knocked,
0: so bad. <laughs> he
2: knocked, he knocked the, he knocked the jackal into a car and the, and the whole front of the car caved in. And, and the person was like, oh, I should call my, I should call my insurance agent like they didn't seem they didn't seem really that phased at all from having their front front of their car caved in by nothing
0: again well this well, is a world where the chitauri and thanos have have affected it i like i said i don't know where in the timeline this fits Yeah, but and
3: depending on where this is they also just saw a celestial in the sky too so
0: you're right you're right so they're probably <laughs> yeah yeah. In England, yeah you're right yep so, they're probably just like, okay, you know what? That does not concern me. I'm going to keep on walking. That's true. Yeah, exactly.
2: I'm not trying to disappear in the sky.
0: Yep. But anyway, so they finish fighting this jackal. He actually kills the jackal, which is cool. But in the midst, they realize they don't have the scarab anymore. Like, Mark, I guess he had it still in his pocket. And at some point, it dropped out. And, of course, Layla has it. She's picked it up. And she's trying to get that thing far away from harold like i think layla is at this point she's like okay you know what i think i've seen enough for the day like this was not what i was expecting when i went to find my husband i was not expecting to get into a fight i was not expecting to see invisible whatever's attacking this person who looks like my husband but is not my husband yeah i think i'm just going to take this little shiny thing and get the hell out of dodge
2: And then of course,
0: you know, this is where Mark and Steven actually have a conversation because Mark, I mean, Steven's trying to take the body back. Mark is like, yeah, no, we're not going to do this because this is what we have to do. And he tells him about Khonshu's, uh deal. And then he also tells him about, hey, yeah, I think Shu is looking at Layla to be his next avatar. And I will absolutely not allow that to happen. So you know what, you're going to stay in there and I'm going to go ahead and keep control of the body. And of course they kind of go back and forth, they go back and forth and you get to see Mark, you know, he, he's like stomping on the mirror to try to get away from Stephen or try to kind of banish Stephen from speaking to him. And then the weird thing is you see a reflection in the mirror. And the way that that reflection is looking at Mark, he looks angry and it looks like, again, a totally different persona. I don't think that was Steven. That was somebody else. The, the guy you guys keep talking about, the, the cab driver. I feel like that's who that was. And thank something you, tells you. me, and tell me if I'm right, Of uh, as far as from the comics, something tells me, that mark is a boy scout compared to this dude
1: yeah in some ways you're right okay yeah but yeah yeah because he looks really really
0: pissed and then of course you know khan shu comes up and he's like yeah you told me that uh stephen was not going to interfere and mark is like yo i got control of the body now we're we're good And Khonshu, of course, he starts going into his whole thing. Again, I don't find him scary, but some of the stuff that he he says, you know, he's like, yeah, you were nothing more than a corpse when I found you. You think you own this body? Yeah, no, I own this body. You need to do what I tell you to do, you know, And, and they start talking about the scarab and he tells Mark, he was like, yeah, so Harrow has that already. He's going to find Amit's tomb. So Mark was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to have to get that scarab back. And, you know, he's like, I'm going to have to do whatever I have to do. And Conshu's like, yeah, okay, we need each other. So let's do this. He was like, let me tell you, you need to do exactly what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. Because if I have to go and find another avatar, you're not going to like who I pick. So it's kind of like he's dangling that whole Layla's going to be my next avatar thing. Which, again, now I want to know like how Khonshu chooses his avatars. But I guess we'll find that out later. Because the next scene was probably the best scene in the whole show. <laughs> because we get Mark. At least I think that's Mark. He's sitting in a hotel room in nothing but his underwear just sweaty, glistening, drinking alcohol. Room is kind of sort of in shambles. The mirror is broken. So I'm guessing once he got there, maybe him and Steven had another either him and Steven had another argument about who had control of the body or the third person that I think is there took control of the body because the way he's looking at the mirror, I feel again, I don't feel like that was Stephen in the mirror that might've been Mark in the mirror looking at this new person being like, right. (sighs) but you know he goes to the window he opens up the curtain and there are the pyramids of Giza we are in Cairo I'm like okay so we possibly have the third personality I, I, do y'all think these are the only three personalities that we're gonna see in this show okay okay yeah. So
2: I think that there are three main ones. Yeah. Okay. I don't think, I don't think there are any more. Okay. Yeah,
0: we're not we're not gonna get anything else. Okay. I mean, we probably can't. It's only a six episode series. They they literally would not have time to do all of this.
2: I think that I yeah, I think I'm with I'm with you on that. I'm now that I'm going back and thinking about it, I think that because you heart the thing about it is like the mark that was sitting on the floor by the bed was drinking like pulling liquor straight out of the bottle and that doesn't seem like a mark thing to do it's definitely not a steven thing to do but it doesn't really seem like a mark thing to do and just to be kind of like
0: on the floor like of course like half naked like we don't know what that was i don't think he had anybody with him but again you see like the you see shattered glass on the floor you see like a um a tray on the floor, the mirror is broken again. So it's kind of like there was some kind of struggle there. And I feel like that might've been between Mark and whoever this third personality is, because again, it seems like this third personality will probably be even more dangerous than Mark if that makes sense, I don't know how I know that just looking at what we saw in this episode, but just the way that he was looking at Mark through the mirror after Mark, you know, kind of, uh, you know, smashed the mirror trying to get Stephen out of his head. It's kind of like, oh, okay. So you want to be the asshole and kick Stephen out? Well, here comes the bigger, badder asshole. And I'm letting you know that I'm here and your days are numbered. That's kind of how I read that scene. because again we you you talked about it earlier and i talked about in the last episode about the way that he portrays such differences in these two characters that we've seen so far that third character even just seeing him in the mirror i felt like that was somebody completely different so i don't know the way way
3: the the way the room was was like completely wrecked that that's not a mark or a steven thing right Either right, yeah, I mean the right. room was a uh, in shambles,
0: mm-hmm. and like I feel like I, I again I feel like that might have been Mark and this third personality. What's the third personality's name? Is it Jake? Jake. Okay, Jake. so I feel like that might have been Mark and Jake, maybe fighting for control over the body. You know, like Mark is trying Jake. to keep Jake pushed down to the you know to the back seat, so so to speak. And he's steadily fighting, trying to get control. And I think Steven is just kind of like, you know what, I'm going to let y'all handle this. I'm I'm not part of this. That's just kind of how it came across to me.
2: Hmm. I can agree with that. I think that, I mean, if I'm... Um, um, uh, Lori, can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that when it comes down to it, Jake is the fighter of the three. Like, he's the one that is actually the one that handles the rough stuff
1: i, and, I believe but, you're correct yes
2: yeah and like but let's see then conversely steven is supposed to be the smooth one like that's why he has the mr knight suit like he's supposed to be the one that's like suave and sophisticated and then it's like mark is like the rugged explorer and
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know, i mean they each have it's like when one of them takes over there's a specific reason, like there's a role to be played. So when I'm will to take over and fulfill that role, then they'll go back. Mm-hmm. So that's what Jake's role is. Definitely is basically an enforcer or, a, or like the guy that's, you know, the guy that's here to punch you in the face, to make you do something, make you do right.
0: So he's probably the killer of the three, not just Mark. Like we know Mark probably right. had a hand in some of that, but some of the, I don't know, some of the brutality is kind of like, I don't know. Like I said, when you look at the way that those two, that Mark and that mirror image are, I feel like Jake is going to be the one that is out of control. Like Mark, he does the killing, he does the fighting, but I think he can control it. Like he knows not to go too far. That's just kind of the vibe I get from his character. And I feel like Jake is going to be the one that's like the unhinged one. He's going to be the one that's like, okay, at all costs.
2: So. yeah you're probably right i think you're right about that i mean time will tell but yeah
0: but i'm really this, enjoying this series
2: yeah this is this is i think i think by the end of it all is this might actually be my favorite series
0: i've like actually been seeing years. a lot of people say that and then i have seen some people who are like i'm so confused i don't know what's going on. <laughs> but yeah it, it's,
2: yeah it You're right. You have, you got to pay attention. You can't, you can't like slack. You can't just like kind of half watch it.
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You have to pay attention. Yeah. And then even if you pay attention the first time, you probably have to watch it another time or two just to get other little things. It's Mm -hmm. just like, especially because I think if I didn't know better, I think that they're going to try to sneak before they actually reveal Jake. I think they're probably going to try to sneak little bits of things, little bits of part little parts where that could be jake like if you if you see him see mark just sit kind of sitting there looking around Mm -hmm. like that could be jake or it's like if he doesn't say anything because he's he's already he's already set up where you can tell which one is which by their accent like british accent steven right regular accent is mark Mm -hmm. so there's so now i'm kind of i'm Kind of pick it up on auditory clues where if I hear an accent that's kind of different, I'm like, oh, he might be He's doing Jake. Mm-hmm. He's doing Jake. So okay. it, it definitely keeps you on your toes.
0: Okay. Yep. <sighs> so Layla has the scarab. Well, no, excuse me. Harold has the scarab. I know I said Layla earlier. Harold has the scarab. He's going to release. I meant Layla has taken off. We don't know where she is, but. She had this look on her face like, yeah, you know what? This is not what I signed up for. Um, and then we have Mark slash Steven slash whoever in Cairo. So it's kind of like, mm, I have a feeling this is about to get really interesting now because you're in Egypt. Like, again, going back to the mummy. This is where all the shit happens.
2: Yep, about to get Spicy.
3: No harm ever came from reading a book or playing with a scarab.
0: No, don't open the scarab. You know, but at least we haven't seen, we haven't seen a real scarab just kind of break off that gold and just kind of dig itself into somebody's body. So that that's a good sign. Ah. I know.
3: S- speaking of which, why haven't we just destroyed the scarab? Like, right? Why haven't we melted it down, broken off its wings? They really haven't had or time to do was? that.
0: Because if you think about it, Steven doesn't even know what the scarab is. He's just like, okay, really pretty shiny thing. Somebody else wants it. Maybe let me try to hide it. Like, I think with everything going on in his life right now, like him trying to figure out what's going on, why he's blacking out, why he's running from so-called invisible things on the video camera, just losing his job. I think he has a lot going on that he's not really thinking about it in that sense, like, oh, I need to destroy it. And then again, we see Steven, like Stephen, I don't know what's going on in his life and why he's not, Stephen. obviously should have been an archeologist. And I don't think that he would destroy something like that because we see he has such reverence for those things, you see it when he's giving the impromptu tour in the museum, the way that he kind of just looks at everything, all of the stuff in his apartment. You know, the cop picked up a pyramid and he was like, what is this? And he was like, "Um, it's a paperweight. But it was very clearly a, a paperweight with like writing. And, you know, he has such reverence for these things that I don't think he would destroy it. He would probably try to find somewhere to hide it. But I don't think he would destroy it. Layla, of course, if she is, from what I gather, from what she said, it appears like she might be a scavenger or she might be somebody who's into getting those types of things. And I don't know. I know Lori said something about her father used to be an archaeologist. So again, she may have a healthy respect or reverence for those types of things. She probably wouldn't think to um, destroy it. But again, she's still kind of sort of on the fence up until the end of this episode about what the scarab really means and, and why it's so sought out. You know? I think
3: Mark, Mark knows what the scarab is. I agree. Yes.
1: Right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah.
3: um, the the moon god would have told him yeah. what it was. Well, so, that's, that's probably why the storage container was the best place to hide it yeah. because he was the only one that knew that it was there. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Stephen just kind of stumbled upon it.
1: Yeah. See, see, the wife strikes me, going back a few sentences, the wife strikes me as someone who is not a scavenger, but there's this popular profession called antiquities dealer, where I get the idea that she sort of is one of those people that deals heavily on the black market or the gray market and can find you something. I mean, one of the biggest things that the that British people did back in the day Especially the Victorian era is that they would pay huge amounts of money to acquire a mummy and have it transported back to England, and they would pop it up in their living room and oh, I have a mummy. You know, I mean that that type of stuff is what I see her either doing or used to do, or very close ties people who do that type of thing. So the scarab would be interesting to her from a financial aspect, as in who's going to be the biggest you know buyer. Okay, that makes that, sense. That's what I think. yeah. yeah
0: but I'm sorry. I don't care how much money I have. There's no way in the hell. I'm putting anybody's mummy in in, in my living quarters anywhere. I have seen way too many. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't want
1: anyone's ashes in my living room. Seriously. I'm just that freaked out. No,
0: Mm -mm. no, no, but what you said makes sense, Lauren. I think, I think you're right. I think she may be an antiquities dealer just from what I... Yeah, I think you're right. But um, so, yeah, I don't think she would destroy it. Of course, Harold is not going to destroy it. Um, And nobody else has really had it at this point. Like I said, Stephen would look at it and be like, okay, we need this, you know, or we're not going to destroy this. This is a piece of history, maybe. Like, again, he really doesn't know what the scarab is or what what it means. For Mark, I kind of wonder if he hasn't destroyed the scarab because he's looking at it as leverage. Like, oh, I may need to keep this. Or, oh, if Kanshu is really getting on my nerves, maybe I can find Amit. And get him booted out or, you know, maybe he has that kind of plan in the back of his mind because we already know, yes, he's under Khonshu's control for the most part. But he also feels like Khonshu is gunning for Layla. And we've already seen he said he said he's not going to let that happen. So if you have to go against a God who is controlling your body to keep him from going after someone you love what's going to be the best weapon against that god maybe another god so maybe he's keeping the scarab around for that purpose i don't know again we're only two episodes in so i don't know it's gonna be interesting to see what harold does with it though because i mean we know he's going to look for amit i just want to know how accurate like is that scarab really going to lead him to her body yeah i don't know Um.
2: It'll be to see how he does it. I mean, oh,
0: but I we already know so well. that raising raising dead gods or imprisoned gods is not a smart thing to do.
3: Yeah, they were imprisoned for, for a,
0: a reason. reason.
2: Yeah, damn sure were.
3: If all the gods got together and said, "Yeah, you got to be put away," that was probably a good thing, and it's probably not a good thing to bring them out
2: leave them put away Mm -hmm. it's just like people go exploring and find things and find boxes and open them like put it back what's wrong with you like there's the people hide things away in dark dark and dank caves tunnels underwater like they lock shit away for a reason don't go trying to figure out locks and open doors and stuff when they they stop just know like jesus Mm -hmm. like why there's no point to
0: it. I guess we'll figure out why in the next episode because, um, like I said, he's in e- he's in Egypt. We know that's where Harrow is going. So I think he may have gotten there a little bit easier than Harrow did because I think Kanshu just kind of was like, yeah, take my hand. Whoosh. Like, I mean, he's a god. He's, he's he can
2: teleport. Yeah. I mean, and that's his thing. He's a traveler. He's, he's the god yeah. of travelers, too.
0: Yeah. So, So. He'd be like, "I'm going
2: here, 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 and here." So
0: it's about to get interesting, spicy.
3: Hmm. I'm
2: looking. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I just, I'm uh, shout out to this show for just kind of creating a new version of Shaggy's. It wasn't me. Like, like, but you see him on your camera. It wasn't me. But it's," it's like.
0: Is I'm this the point man. where I need to end the show? Is this I'm the just point?
3: Saying, it, it and just on that me. note.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying. Anybody have any final thoughts about Moon Knight?
3: I think Mike took it.
0: <laughs> I agree. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> that's it for our show. <laughs> You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can watch our videos on YouTube and listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.